You're listening to STS Podcast. We pray that this message will encourage you and give you hope throughout this week. Hello, team. Here's what we're going to do over the next few minutes. We're going to kind of go through what went on. I wanted to talk about these trips where we went out of state because this summer, no joke, we did six mission opportunities in STS. We truly made this a summer of service. We had six mission opportunities. VBS was a part of that too. Fifth and sixth grade retreat. So we had over a hundred students participate, a hundred different students participate in our summer of service. And these guys and gals, we loaded up a couple Sundays ago and got to the airport super early and um, and went to South Dakota. And what they're going to do is they're going to kind of walk through the week and then I'm going to kind of ask questions about what happened and, um, and their hearts and what God did in their hearts. But we're going to kind of go through uh, kind of a, a week or a, a day walk through and you'll see that on the slides they'll be on the back as well and uh, we'll kind of walk through that so um, and if any of y'all want to answer which I hope a lot of you will will answer as well if any of you want to answer just take your uh, microphone and just pass it around cool here we go all right so that's where we went that was the badlands but we'll get to that in a minute so Willie or Jackson will you hit that next slide bam does that, that, that team look familiar? So tell us about what time we met at the airport. Bye. No. We had, we had to be there at 6.30. We had to be there at 6.30. Had to be there at 6.30. And uh, Sunday morning, and we, uh, we got to the airport bright and early. Look at those smiles. They're ready to roll. They're so ready. Some of our team uh, have prior commitments for today, and they weren't able to join us, so uh, we're, they're here in spirit. So that was on that Sunday. So let's hit that next slide as we go up. We flew into Denver, right? Yes. And so how long was the trip from Denver to, uh, we'll, we'll talk about Monday in a second. How long was the trip from Denver to uh, Pine Ridge? Around 11 hours. No, no. That's, that's not true. Give me the mic. Like the car ride was five hours. Well, I mean, if you count back and forth. Six hours with all the potty breaks. Well, I mean, if you count, <laughs> Ryan. I'm talking about like there and then back. Okay, you just need to, it's... I'd have to say that all of them are wrong, and it was it was seven hours. Most of them were asleep, so they don't remember it. But it was I was driving, so it was it was seven hours from Denver uh, with bathroom breaks and stuff. It was seven hours. It was supposed to take about six, but bathroom breaks uh, from Denver to Pine Ridge. So tell us about what we're seeing as we go on to Pine Ridge, and what's what's interesting about this sign these these signages on on. Uh, on Sunday. I know it says Monday, but that's where we kind of came in. Anybody remember? Uh, it was like really beautiful. Like that's what I noticed. Okay. It was like. <laughs> Here you go. So the one at the top has bullet holes in it, I think. Yep. And the one at the bottom looks really like decrepit. So, yeah. So you need to understand the Pine Ridge Indian Reservation is the size of Connecticut. So it is 76,000 acres. And, um, and there's only uh, three ways into the, the reservation, I think. This is one of the ways. And when you get to this sign, when you get to this point, at this point, not a state trooper, not a federal police, not a sheriff's department, no one can cross over 
into that land without permission from the Bureau of Indian Affairs. So once you go on to this reservation, you are there and you are under uh, Native American Lakota law. And so once you go into this, this is you are entering in to the Lakota Indian tribe. So this was considered, what, what do they call this area? The Badlands. The Badlands. The Badlands. The Badlands. <laughs> and, and as we go on to the Badlands, you'll see, and you'll see a few pictures, that there's nothing, I mean, it's, there's nothing. The nearest Walmart's an hour and 10 minutes away. Um, there's a few, there's a few like convenience stores on the reservation, but there, there's no big, big stores. Um, they consider this the Badlands because on Wednesday, uh, this was an example. How hot did it get on Wednesday, guys? 110. 110 degrees. 110 degrees. 110 degrees. And then in the wintertime, it gets to 30 below. And that's a warm day. <laughs> and so you need to understand that they call this, the Lakota Indian tribe actually called this the Badlands because there is nothing good about this land. Um, and this was the land that they were given. Um, uh, the Indians were given this land by the federal government. And so there, there, are, there are thousands and thousands of people on this uh, reservation. But this was the entryway in. We passed this going in and out. This is where we were serving this whole week. So let's hit that next slide. All right, so in the mornings, this, this would have happened on a Monday and uh, uh, Monday morning and Monday afternoon. Someone tell us a little bit about what happened on Monday more, or in the morning time on the left side. Someone give us a little, a little idea. So the kids would come to a place that we were staying um, called the Dream Center, and they would come in buses, and they would hang out with us for about the, the morning and afternoon, So and then they would go home. So the... The Dream Center, you can, I think Chris has something. The Dream Center would send out buses. Yeah, they'd leave at like 7.45 in the morning, yep. 7.30 in the morning. They'd drive around to the towns, which may be 20 minutes away, maybe an hour away. And then um, they'd rally up a bunch of kids and bring them back and they'd stay with us till three. And we'd uh, play games with them and love on them. The tough part about these kids is that They're not, they're not your typical, you know, they're not super happy and joyful and they don't get loved on a lot. And the place that they live, this Lakota reservation is very dark. And so the kids, they, they'll, I mean, we've all had this happen, but it was, they'd, they'd spit on you, they'd curse you, punch you and throw rocks at you. And as they're doing that, you hug them and you tell them you love them and Jesus loves them too. And when you hug them, they don't know what to do with that. So they throw more rocks at you and run away. <laughs> so, or curse you more. Um, so I think that was the first couple days um, was just trying to make headways with any of the kids. And some of us, I think, did throughout the week, but I'm sure there are more pictures to talk about that. So. Yeah, it was uh, these children, three out of four of these children are born with fetal alcohol syndrome. And so what that does is that is a disease. Uh, the mother was drinking heavily when they were uh, pregnant with their babies. And when they were born, the kids have an, had an addiction to alcohol. And it was in their bloodstream. 
And so what that does, that messes with their brains, messes with their attitudes. Um, so, so many of these teenagers up here, I'll come up here because I'm, so, so many of these teenagers up here would be playing with a, a kid and um, be hanging out and it was almost like a switch. About five minutes later, they're throwing rocks at you. They're spitting on you. And then five minutes later, they're hugging on you and they're loving on you. When Chris says dark, you need to understand there was a spiritual darkness there. And one important thing I want to mention about that sign, when you come on to that reservation, you feel the spiritual darkness. It's heavy. It's, it's heavy. Because the people there, there's a lack of hope. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But I wanted to show these smiles are genuine. And like Chris said, they, would, they, they don't know what to do with a hug. They don't know what to do with a high five. And they have groups doing this. You got to understand, people are going in there all the time and, and loving on these babies, but still, they still don't even know what to do with it. I mean, the kids, what, what was the age that they started out coming to the Dream Center? About like four. Yeah, four years old to 14. 14. And everywhere in between, language. Oh, yeah. Um, a lot of profanity. Lots of profanity. I mean, it was. It was hard. It was tough. But these guys and gals did amazing. So in the mornings, that happened Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday mornings. Uh, what happened on the left, they would come. And then in the afternoons and evenings, this town, uh, I know you can, it's hard to see. Maybe you can kind of see it in the, in the screens. This town, someone tell us the name of this town. Manderson. Manderson. All the teams would break up into groups and we would go to different towns. We were assigned Manderson. So someone tell me about Manderson. Okay, so just the first day or overall? Just a, a okay. Manderson overall. Um, overall, we would just go and um, we would be in, like mostly, they have a basketball court there. So you'd mostly just like, we'd go there and a lot of people would play basketball. And then playing basketball, a lot of like kids would come down. So like you could just like play with them too. And like at some points you could like walk through the town cause there's not that many houses. And you can like see all these people because like we tried to like go and like invite them down in the basketball court, and what else? Um, there's also like a little playground with like um, like monkey bars and stuff. Thank you, uh, Kiana. So there was about how many houses oh. would you say? Oh were? yeah, well, there was like like 30 houses 30 and houses. about 2,000 people live there. So like with that, about 30 to 40 people would live in one house or like broken down cars would be turned into like, like rooms, I guess, yes. or like tents in the background, in the backyard, in the backyard. So like there was just, there's a lot of people living in like the really small town. The house, the houses weren't very big. Um, Okay. Maybe half the size of this room, maybe, or maybe, maybe three-fourths. Yeah, it would probably be about, I would say maybe from this pillar to the wall, long and long ways from wall to wall, that would probably be the size. It would be kind of like government housing. That would be uh, uh, concrete homes. But imagine, so there, and there would be two rooms, a kitchen, one bathroom, if there was a bathroom. Yeah. And sometimes and not even air conditioning. No air conditioning. Yeah. 115 degrees. No air conditioning. Um, 30 below. No heat. There would be 30 to 40 people living in a home. 
Um, didn't like the government give them those houses? The yeah. Bureau of Indian Affairs gave them those homes and yeah, and releasing them. Like their community, they don't they don't like to live by rules. They don't like rules, and I guess because they're on a reservation, I guess that they're not they're beside you know federal um, police and all that. So I guess they don't have to listen to the federal laws. So they're not used to listening to rules, and they're not used to people giving them, I don't know how to, like, discipline, basically. So, like, in defiance of giving them those houses, they would just trash those houses, like, on purpose, and just rebellion. And, you know, it was just kind of, again, it was really heavy darkness, and, yeah. But every day, these, uh, the, the guys would come, and they would just start a pickup game of basketball. And, um, and if there was guys out there, we'd just jump in with their game. And if there weren't, we'd go to the communities and go snag them and, and try, to, try to play a pickup game. The girls, uh, someone said this earlier, they had a couple of playgrounds, but the kids would just come to the basketball court. And um, the, the girls did a phenomenal job of just loving on the kids. And I think, is that picture of Alyssa in here? I can't remember if I put that. It's at the, yes, on Thursday. We'll get to that in a few minutes. So this was, this was kind of what happened on Monday and Tuesday. We developed a couple of relationships with some guys on the basketball court. Really, a one main guy, his name was John, and when we got the opportunity to call him PJ, and that was kind of, that's what he allowed us to call him. That was kind of like his nickname, and so we called him PJ. And uh, that relationship you'll hear about here in a few minutes. But that started on Monday. It was really awesome, uh, and Daniel can explain more about that, but our guys did an amazing job starting that out. So, so let's go to uh, Wednesday. Wednesday, we had a little change of pace. Someone tell us what we did on Wednesday afternoon. Or excuse me, Wednesday morning. Into the afternoon, yeah, both. Okay, um, on Wednesday, we went around and gave food to um, some of the people who couldn't come to the Dream Center. And um, we would go to their houses and talk to them. And the um, lady who started the ministries, ministry of Dream Center came with us. and. She knew these people, and we would ask them if they wanted to pray with us, and it was just really cool seeing them and seeing where they live and encouraging them. And also, when we got there, it just we would walk out, and Lori would stay in the car, and they would look at us like, who the heck are you? Like, what are you doing here? And then Lori would walk out, and they'd be, oh, Lori, oh my gosh! And they would like, hug her and um, be so happy to see her. So. It just really showed the connection that she had with the community, and mm. it was a blessing just to be able to pray for these families. And I also remember we went to this one guy's house that Lori didn't come with us. It was was it Ryan, me, and two other people? And okay, Justin. Um, and <laughs> he had a little baby, and I just remember it was so tiny and so small and so adorable and he just looked so happy to have that baby mm. and he offered us to come inside and offered us watermelon and he was so nice and it was his birthday and he just had the biggest smile on his face and seemed so happy that we came there and kind of just part of the celebration of his birthday to be there with him and we prayed with him and it was a really cool experience, and that's kind of what we did that day. 
while the mic's being passed, the the leaders of the group that we went with are Lori and Gary, and um, they own, and that's a long story we'll talk about some other time, but they own 76, no, excuse me, 115 acres on the reservation, and they own it. They are the only people, only white man on the reservation to own any land, and they own it. And God worked out that. It was just, we'll tell you that story another time. We don't have time this morning to do that. But um, it was, she was an amazing woman. And when I say that, uh, I, I, I joked about this, um, but I was all seriousness. We would walk out up to a home like these and she would just walk in. Like just bust up in there and just go, hello. Hello, anybody here? Hello, it's Lori from the Dream Center. You here? I know you're here. And I mean, she would bust up. And it was just Holy Spirit power. And she wasn't scared. And she just went in. I'm, I'm sitting in the truck going, I ain't going to there. <laughs> uh -uh. And I mean, she's a white woman. And she just went in there with, with Holy Spirit power. And, um, and just, it was awesome. So she would walk into a home like this. And some she knew, some she didn't. But the one on the left... Chris, you told me something about, I know, Alon, you, you want to say something in a second. Chris, you told me something about that house on the left. Maybe, maybe it was, was someone it, else. Was about this house? That was a different house. No, no. Uh, the other blue house is the one that I told you about, which uh, okay. I will speak about. Anyway, it was really rough in that house. It was very disgusting. I did look in. Yeah. It was... Well, the, the comment that Chris doesn't remember saying, and it lodged in my head, was he said, imagine the dirtiest doghouse you've ever seen. Oh, that was Justin. Okay, it was Justin. My bad. That's why Chris doesn't remember saying it, because he didn't say it. Just said, imagine the dirt, dirtiest doghouse you've ever seen. I was, I was in the truck. I took that picture. He said, and multiply that by 100. And that's what we saw. So conditions were rough. We took, home, we took food. Some, some houses, the one on top right, the, the team couldn't all go in, so they, I walked out, and they're just praying. Oh, man, it was awesome. And so someone, uh, Alon, did you have something to say, darling? I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. So in the morning before we started giving out the food, we went to the Wounded Knee Massacre site. Yeah. So like a little history lesson. So Wounded Knee was, um, it's a place in South Dakota and in the late 1800s um, when the U.S. military was moving Native Americans off of their original land, they um, came upon this group who were adamant about not moving and um, they fired upon them after a deaf man accidentally um, picked up his gun and started waving it around because he couldn't hear or understand what they were saying. And they killed, I think, 300 women and children, somewhere around that number. And they buried them in like a mass grave and they just dumped all the bodies there. And so we went there that morning and just kind of reflected on like, you know, the loss of life. And we walked around the graveyard and paid our respects to the other people who um, were laying there. So, yeah. Yeah, it was... I mean, these folks have been through a lot, and as they, as throughout the years, um, they remember that. I mean, it was a massacre. It was a massacre, um, and so we did that in the morning. And I was very proud of the team. They they were very respectful of the area, and uh, there was a lot of silence when we left Wounded Knee, just because of of uh, they kind of got a grasp of history, and then going into seeing this. 
So Daniel, if you'll tell us a, a little bit about the, the relationship that started on Monday and explain that, and we gotta kinda hurry because we're running out of time, explain that bottom right. So Monday and Tuesday, as we were talking about earlier, we would go into Manderson. Sorry, hold it like that. What was like, I doing? That's how you, were, you had DJ Khaled hold on it. Yeah, so we got to <laughs> Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Monday and Tuesday, uh, we were in the community playing basketball and stuff. And so the first day, there was this dude. Um, he's the guy in the gray in the bottom right picture, PJ. And I just started talking trash to him because that's what you do. And then that continued and we started talking. Um, that continued into Tuesday. And so on Wednesday, we're going through their community and we go up to his house to like kind of check in on him. And we're like, what did you, like how was your evening yesterday? Like what did you do? And um, he was telling us kind of like that darkness that we referred to, the hopelessness. Uh, PJ was talking about how his grandmother died recently and just like overwhelmed. And so Tuesday night, the day before this picture, um, he was about to commit suicide. Uh, he was telling us he had the rope around his neck. He was about to like this close to, to ending his life. And then he said that he thought about like the team that was there that was loving him, talking to him, building a relationship with him. And like that was the reason that he didn't. Um, that's kind of cool. And so we got to pray with him. Yeah, we got to go to his house and like hear that story and pray for him. And that's what, that's what that picture is. So the relationships were, were huge. And for that to happen, I mean, he's weeping in that picture. I know you can't tell, but he's weeping because he said, look, I was, I was at the tree. He said, I had it around my neck. He said, I thought about my wife and my children and how selfish this would be, and I started thinking about you guys and how much you guys left wherever you came from to come encourage me. And I was so blown away with the team on how much they, I mean, they loved, there was, there was a relationship built. It was, it was tremendous. And you have to understand, suicide, we found this out, suicide is not a big a deal there as it is everywhere else. In their mind, if, they, if their grandparents passed away, someone passed away that's close, close to them, the way to get back with them is just to kill yourself and then you'll be with them and everything will be okay. I mean, alcoholism is worse than suicide to the, in their eyes. And so the fact that we understand how big of a deal suicide is that we were able to be used, these guys and gals were able to be used in a mighty, tremendous way is, is, is huge. And so, so we'll talk more about PJ uh, in just a few minutes. And I think God, if there was any, I mean, God did some amazing stuff through the guys and gals uh, that we got to serve, but that was one of the big, big moments. Would you guys agree? Yeah. I mean, it was, it was, it was really big. So let's go to the next slide. So that's Andrew um, trying on some traditional picture. <laughs> traditional Indian garb, and this was so funny we could not not put it in here. So I mean, it was. Do obvious. you want to explain? It was just there. <laughs> it was just there. I think it was part of the don't touch table, and he was like, "I'm just doing it. I'm going for it." And so, so anyway, so let's go to that next slide. Let's go to the next slide. So this was Thursday. Okay. And um, 
So this was part pictures of, of uh, in the morning at the Dream Center, and then in the afternoon playing in the, in the uh, how, how many kids do you think, girls, how many, how many kids do you think were over at the playground that afternoon? Oh my god. <laughs> 30. Yeah, it was I think it had to be more than that. I looked over, I was playing basketball, I looked over, I was like, where in the world did all those kids come from? <laughs> and I mean it was it was overwhelming and the kids were playing. One cool thing, he's not gonna say it because he's so shy, but one cool thing is Andrew, um, I wanna brag on him for a second. Two things about Andrew. Andrew, I think, would be admitted to saying this. He would not, this was not a slam, nor do I think this is not poking fun at Andrew, but Andrew, you don't play a lot of basketball, do you? And, um, and so, but Andrew, every single day, every single day would go out on the basketball court and try his hardest. It was amazing. And he's, I mean, he's doing his best. But he's not, he's, he's smart on a ton of other different skills. But basketball? Yes. <laughs> Probably not one of the top skills. Like, surviving in the cold, he could, he could do it. Basketball? Ball is not life. Ball is not life. And, um, but he went out there and gave it his all. And one other thing, that night, and I don't have a picture of it, but that night, um, he went over the playground, and while the kids were playing with the playground, he took a Sharpie, and he would go around the playground equipment and mark out the cuss words that were on the playground equipment. That was tremendous. Like, he, no one talk, he did that on his own. Like, he ran over to us and was like, do you, does anybody have a Sharpie? I need a Sharpie. And we're like, why do you need a Sharpie? He's like, I just need a Sharpie. And next thing I know, someone's coming back, and he's like, he got as many cuss words as he could off the, he covered them up. That's, that's huge. That's ministry. That's ministry. That's serving when, when someone might be doing something else, stepping up to the plate and serving. That's just, I, I wanted to throw that in there, because that's amazing. Alyssa, down here in the middle, and I'm going to talk about this, and if anybody else wants to comment, uh, this picture is special to me because I caught this in a moment of Alyssa had already been sitting there for 15 minutes and that girl hadn't said a word. Not one word in 15 minutes. And she was sitting there and uh, Alyssa got a chance to just love on that girl just by her presence. It was huge. So anybody else want to say anything about this as we, um, as we move on? Okay. So... I'll talk about the one in the top right corner, where it's me and Alon, and then that is superhero Julie, and I will explain that. So, she was this little girl, and she was actually on Jenny's shoulders, and Jenny was getting really tired, and she's like, Kiana, can you take her? I was like, yeah, sure. So, I just, like, we just went around, like, um, the basketball court, and she was just on my back, and, like, she didn't talk much, but she was obviously, like, having a lot of fun, and then I ended up getting tired, <laughs> so I asked Alon if, Alon if, um, she could take Julie, and just, Julie was very, very quiet, but, um, there was also a table there that was, well, it wasn't a table, but there was, like, a whole bunch of clothes, no, it was, like, the whole bunch of clothes and, like, other things that, like, people could take, it was just, like, you know, if you need some clothes, you, yeah, the giveaways, yeah, and so there was a little blanket, and she kind of just, like, was eyeing it, and I was, like, you know what, this is what I'm gonna do, 
so I got it and I tied it around her neck so that's what's on her neck and I was like you're superhero Julie now and like she like it like it was funny because then she just like had like the biggest smile yeah. and then we she got on Alon's back and I was just behind like holding her blanket and like we ran and yeah. I was kind of like how do I like flapping it like a cape basically and so so now she's superhero Julie and that's we're awesome. gonna just call her that awesome. <laughs> let's go to that next slide that was our team being goofy in the middle of and we had no moms and dads don't worry there wasn't a car coming for miles and so we did that on purpose because I mean there hadn't been a car down that road since we got there for an hour so I promise you I promise you so let's go to that next picture so that was Chris with a couple of guys on his shoulder now right, let's go to that next slide their names are Orville and Alonzo they're cool so this is PJ, Chris, and PJ. Yeah. And uh, we'll talk. We'll talk more about him in just a second. But that is the guy that we had the chance to minister to a lot. So Friday morning, someone tell us what we did. No, 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 no. Friday <laughs> morning. Mount Rushmore. Mount Rushmore. Morning was Mount Rushmore. <laughs> and crazy, the big thing. Yes. Crazy horse. Background. And why does it crazy? We did our best to get a group photo. <laughs> It, um, uh, we got that, and then um, yes, Mount Rushmore was cool. Yep, and, uh, <laughs> and then we got back to, to let's go ahead and, and yeah. fast forward okay. to the night. Uh, so then Friday night, uh, we had a barbecue in Manderson that we threw for everybody, and so we had been going around the previous days telling them to come down to the barbecue, um, and so most of the community uh, came down, I think pretty much all the community mm -hmm. came down for free food. Why wouldn't you? And um, so we had a truck. Uh, where we had some live worship. and uh, well, Let me that explain was... that for a second. Because okay. it kind of got thrown into the mix like, hey, Ryan, can you load up the speakers and do some worship? <laughs> sure. <laughs> and so we loaded up the truck. And I hate doing just being up there by myself. And I was asking everybody, is there anybody? Please, someone, for the love of God, come sing with me. And, um, and all of a sudden, I look over, and Hallie's standing on the bottom of the truck going, can I sing with you? <laughs> and stepped up and rocked it. And um, I'm telling you, that's this is an example of times where the, kid, the the students just saw a need and just went to the need. And um, Hallie, what was it like standing up there and singing and leading songs that? I mean, it was fine. It was really fun. <laughs> But it was kind of nice because not all the attention was on us because like they're getting their food and stuff. But so what really happened is Jenny was like, "Oh, Hallie, can you sing?" And I was like, uh, "I guess so, kind of." And she like, "Don't go sing with Ryan." And I was like, "No, you know, I don't want to do that." And then I was just thinking about it, like I really should go up and sing with him. Like that would be good. And it was really fun. It was really good. Just singing worship songs over these people, just praying the praying the words. As we were singing, it was just, it was really awesome. So let's, before we left, we got a chance, bottom right hand, we circled up with as many people that were still around. We got a chance to pray over the community. And then, uh, someone explain that bottom left picture for us. Okay. Um, so earlier in the week, I'd uh, read some verses from Romans 8, uh, 8.35. Yep. 
and um, um, I felt at that time that I really wanted to uh, share them with PJ. Oh yeah, Daniel had given him PJ his Bible, um, so we were saying bye, and then um, uh, we all hugged him, and uh, then I said, "Hey PJ, I want to read you these verses." Um, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Mm. And I was reading those verses to him, and you can kind of tell that I'm crying, and PJ was crying, and I felt like I should really share those verses with him, and I did. And um, Chris shared those in our our uh, our team time one night. And um, Chris, as you can tell, has a very eloquent way of speaking, and very very eloquent. And um, but I challenged him to read that in a little different way. I said, as you read, those are those are verses of victory. Those are verses that we ought to get excited about. I said, just read it with a smile. And the tone changes when you read it with a smile. And so I'm walking away. I've already said my goodbyes, and I walked away, and I, I hear Chris reading these verses with a smile on his face. Like, I can hear it. Like, I can hear him reading. You know how you can tell when someone's smiling as he's reading. And then it just turned to tears because he's praying these verses over this guy. It was awesome. It was, it was just so amazing. And... um. Again, this is just time and time again of uh, times where these students stepped up. So um, I just wanted to say this really quick, just to connect it to the song that we sang right before we started, um, all of that stuff about, yeah. so will I, I will do these things. That's something that I saw your students do yeah. and I saw your friends do, that they, in difficult circumstances, they showed love whether it was sitting with a student or with a kid who wasn't talking for 15 minutes or riding around like being a piggyback ride for 30 minutes. But one thing that Lori told us one day was that as a people group, these people have been treated as less than human. Mm. And they live in a lot of ways less than human. Mm. And one night we were just talking as a group and I just tried to encourage them. You are showing the love of Christ because you're treating them as humans. That's right. You're treating them with the dignity, respect, and beauty of people who are created in the image of God. Mm. And y'all did that beautifully. Like, it was stunning to watch. And, and that's, that's something that we get to do um, on this type of stuff. And that was something that I just took away, was getting to watch our students and our team love people like Jesus. Mm. So. Well, that answered oh. my second question. That's awesome. Um, really quickly, 30 seconds, someone tell our family here what God revealed to you about himself through this trip. The power of love 
is a crazy thing. I never realized how much love can do to someone. Cause like, it's not like I went up there and I read them verses like Chris, but like, I didn't go out there and I didn't like, I don't know how to say like minister. All I did was show them like my love for them. Exactly. I became their friend. I wasn't, I didn't become a pastor. I just was their friend. And it's just crazy to see how much, like there was this kid named James. He, um, <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> but oh, there was this kid named James. He would throw rocks, like he, like rocks at girls. He would try to fight girls. He was cussing all over the place. Like he was cussing them out. And all I did was like, hey James, bro, you want to race and stuff like that? And like I ended up develop developing a friendship. And by then I just like, at the end, he didn't want me to leave. And he was like hugging me. He was pulling me away from the van. And it was just, and all I did was, you know, race, give him piggyback rides and just love on him. And it's just crazy. So. As we left, they were jumping on our car because they didn't want us to leave. So just that had a huge impact on me because they just didn't want us to leave. And they were crying and it was just, it was crazy to see how much, just after one week, how much they had loved us back. Yeah, we almost couldn't leave just because they were on the van. They were trying to climb on the back and ride with us. And like, there was a bunch of them at the door kept going, hey, we want Justin. And so... <laughs> <laughs> and we almost left him, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, we almost said, no. all right, Justin, you just gonna have to stay here. <laughs> they were just mobbing him. But, so really quickly, can someone uh, encourage your family with what God uh, showed you maybe about yourself during this week? That, I have something. It's like kind of simple, but God can and will do amazing things through you when you make yourself available. Mm. And a lot of times we get distracted with like our daily routine and we kind of try to fit God into Sunday for an hour or however long. But when we live life like through this gospel lens, uh, God will do some awesome stuff. Um, yeah, so be available for him to use you. Awesome. Well, we're going to pray. Thank you for allowing us to share with you this morning. I'd like one of our students to pray for our Lakota Indian friends. Um, would, would one of y'all pray for us? I am Marie. And then why don't you start us off and I'll end us out. Can we do that? Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for bringing us all here today so we can talk about these kids and the blessings that they had on us and that we poured out on them, Lord, and I just pray over them right now, Lord, that you'll protect them, you'll bless them, you'll pour your love on them, Lord, that you will pour your love on them through the other teams that come through, Lord, mm. that they will have um, effect on those kids, that we had an effect on those kids, Lord. I pray that they will know your love and how good you are and how you can bring peace and hope and joy, and I pray that they will stay away from evilness and the anger and the dis destruction that they have and I pray that you'll take that out of them and put love and joy and peace in place of that Lord and I just pray that all of us here today that we will go out and we will in our own communities pour out love and joy and mm. peace and that we will see those people who are lost and that have darkness and I pray that we can be a light for them and pour a light into them, Lord. And I pray all this in Jesus' name. God, I thank you for this team. I uh, thank you for this branch of uh, 
our student ministry who went and served. Um, they did an amazing job. And thank you for those who prayed for us back home. Lord, I want to take a minute just to pray for Daniel. Thank you for what he means to our student ministry. Thank you for what he's done this summer, all the help he's provided. God, I pray that you would be with him um, this next semester. Lord, let him know that we love him, that we're, we're thankful for him, we're praying for him, and that uh, we just pray blessings through friendships. We pray uh, blessings through schooling. We just, uh, we just pray that you would just pour out your love on him. Lord, we love you. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. You can check out other messages of this and other series at spsalana.org slash podcast. Have a blessed day and hope to see you soon.